I'm Rob Skinner, and this is the Rob Skinner Podcast. Today on episode 74, I'm going to talk about how to help your small ministry, small church, or small group grow. I'll share from a lesson I did at the Look Up Small Church Leaders Conference, and I'm going to be talking about how to win the mental battle, dealing with negativity, shame, and fear, five habits that growing church leaders practice, and how to break out of a losing mindset. All that and more on the Rob Skinner Podcast. Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no regrets life, to make this life count, and to multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. I hope you've been having an amazing start to the year, and I hope hope you've had a chance to take a look at your ministry, to examine what challenges, to try to figure out, okay, where are people at? What's it going to take to overcome and help to grow in the midst of the pandemic? How am I going to take my church higher? Today, I want to start by talking about how to win the mental battle. How to win the mental battle. This is really where the battle is won, is in the leader's mind, in your mind. Whether you're leading in a campus ministry or a singles group, your mind is the powerhouse. Your relationship with God, the way you think about yourself, the things that you say to yourself. This is where the ministry is either won or it's lost. And so I want to talk about dealing with self-pity, negativity, shame, and fear. (laughs) i got to be honest with you. I've quit the ministry at least 10 times. Now, what I mean by that is there have been many days where I just go, I'm done. I stick a fork in me. I am done. I'm just tired of this. I... I don't get paid enough to do this. This is so frustrating when when I've had a bad call with somebody or when someone's just been critical or just said things that were just hurtful or there's just any number of things that have happened where I go, oh my gosh, I just, I think this is it, baby. We're, We're getting out of here. We're moving. We're taking off. And then I'll wake up the next morning and I'll rehire myself and get back on the job. But it's if you if you're working with people, you know what it's talking about. Paul wrestled with that. There were times he said, "We're struck down, but we're not abandoned. We're perplexed." He he understood that he was knocked down. And if you've been leading at all in any capacity, you know what I'm talking about. You you know the joy of leading the ministry, and at the same times the frustrations. I remember just one example of this. I was in Tucson and trying to get people to show up on time. Now, when I lived in Japan, everyone was early to midweek. I mean, it was just the national culture to be on time. But when I moved to Tucson, things were a little different. And I remember talking to people, hey, guys, we, we start at 7 here. That's when midweek starts. And I remember <laughs> at 7 o'clock, I took my phone out, and I took a picture of the audience from the stage, from the front. 
And when I look back, and it was the size of about a basketball court, you know, that's about the size of our meeting hall. It's a multi-purpose room. Literally, when I took a picture of the room at 7 p.m., there were four people besides me in the room. And they had just walked in the door. They weren't even up up at the front. I mean, four people at, at the time the church was supposed to start. And I remember just going home that night and going, okay, honey, I am done with this. <laughs> this is not working. This is so frustrating. But you know, guess what? I got back into it the next morning after a good night's sleep. So that's challenging. And let's talk about these three things that keep us trapped spiritually. Fear, fear and self-pity and shame, particularly. When your church is, is in the tank, when your ministry is in the tank and it hasn't grown for a while, it's hard not to think about what they are thinking about how bad you're doing. You know, those, those people, whoever they may be, whether it's like the people that you respect or your discipler or your mentor, whoever it might be. Well, who are they? It can be the people you respect. It could be your friends, people in the church, or even non-existent people out there. And we're conditioned to measure ourselves based on the approval or the disapproval of others. And often the people who most loudly say, oh, I don't care what people think. Those are the ones most carefully monitoring the body language of the people around them. In spite of the fact that most people aren't even thinking about us, and even the ones who are assigned to look out for us, they're thinking about their own situation. Well, we still worry about other people's opinions. And this fear keeps us from calling to get help, keeps us isolated, keeps us from pursuing normal relationships. Ministry offers incredibly great independence and freedom of action. I love it for that reason. But the downside is that when your growth is going south, it's easy to cut off communications and relationships with people that can help us. Now, I'm talking to you in particular if you are a man. I know my wife, she does a great job of staying connected with women. It doesn't seem to bother her if the ministry's not doing it. She'll, that'll spark her to talk to more people. But for me, if my ministry's not doing great, I don't want to talk to people about it. I want to keep that to myself. I, I definitely want to keep, keep that in, you know, information private. And I could think of many times I thought I should call for help, advice, or fellowship. But I kept putting it off because I thought, oh, I don't have anything encouraging to share, so I can't really talk to anybody. Another reason I didn't call is that I, I thought, I know what they're going to say. And my pride prevented me from staying connected relationally. So where are you at? Are you, are you afraid? Is fear holding you back from staying connected? That will keep you trapped spiritually. Don't let it happen. And especially with COVID in the, in the increased isolation that we can feel, don't be afraid to just say, hey, I'm not doing that great. I need some help here. What's the second thing that will keep us trapped? Self-pity. Self-pity is an insidious growth killer. Symptoms of self-pity include blaming others for your sorry situation, comparing your lack of funding to larger, better resource churches, and using phrases like, well, my situation or my campus is unique, or my ministry or my singles ministry is tough. It's harder. It's not like anyone else's. You don't understand, Rob. Where I'm working, it's just people are just not as open as where people are in Tucson. And the result of self-pity is that we excuse ourselves and we let ourselves off the hook for our poor performance. 
and we become the victim, not the victor. And we stop trying because unconsciously, we feel like people, other churches, or our environment or situation is keeping us down. Is self-pity going after you during COVID? Well, you know, it's tough, it's challenging with COVID. I know it's tough, absolutely. But that that can't let us off the hook. We need to grow through this, and we are going to. We're going to find ways to grow and grow even more because God is working on our behalf. So don't let self-pity hold you back. What's the third thing? Shame. Shame is a toxic vine that grows well in the lonely, isolated, private life of the average small church leader. Few people know what is going on in the life of a church leader or minister or small group leader. He seems cheerful. He seems upbeat to all appearances and endorses a healthy and wholesome lifestyle in his sermons and teaching. This is a perfect cover for pornography, alcohol addiction, marriage and family conflicts, and other private battles. But the primary problem is not the particular sin, but the resulting secrecy, the shame, and the eventual damage done on a personal and church-wide level. The average church leader has few people to compare himself to. And so he starts thinking, well, I've got this handled, or no one's going to understand my situation. And this self-justification keeps the sin and the shame growing. The church leader is sapped of vitality, and he slowly bleeds out spiritually. The church stops growing and often explodes when that sin is finally exposed by God. Is shame keeping you trapped? Is there something going on in your life that you haven't talked to anyone about and you're afraid to? And even to think that I'm bringing it up, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't talk about that. Listen, the sin is not the issue. It's the shame. Don't let the shame keep you hiding in the bushes like Adam and Eve, running away from God. Get some help. Let's move on and talk about five habits that growing church leaders are doing regularly. The common denominator of fear, self-pity, shame, and other related growth killers is the isolation and the lack of connection in a minister's life. If you want to win the internal battle, it starts with not tolerating isolation in your life any longer. Church leaders who are leading growing churches not only cultivate a healthy social environment and structure within their church, they also demand and pursue a healthy personal environment in their mind and relationships. So let's talk about five things that you could start doing that would increase your mental health and help you to grow spiritually. Again, if you're growing, that's going to help your ministry to grow. So number one, the phone habit. The best leaders I know are good with the phone. They use it and they rely on it. If you want to break out of the plateau you're in, you'll need to reject the mantra, I'm not a quote-unquote phone person. I think a great example of this is Todd Asad from Texas, Dallas, Texas. And and Todd is a very easy person to reach. Now, he leads a church of over a 1,000 people, and yet he's one of the most accessible people that I've ever met. If anyone could say, hey, you know, I'm just too busy to take your phone call, it would be Todd Asad. And yet he views himself as a connector. And guess what? That guy's got amazing relationships. And I, I was asked to do a leadership workshop for them in, in the Dallas and the, the Texas family of churches. 
And that's the one thing I just that stood out to me about Todd is that guy is on the phone a lot. He's talking to people. He's connecting to people. And that's a great quality. He's got a lot of good friendships. And so are you a phone person? I remember uh, another person is like that is Randy McKee. Now, Randy's retired, but I remember talking to um, Randy when I was moving to Tucson, and I wanted to get his advice about how I could build the, the family ministry, the, the married ministry. At the time, this is 2012, I didn't know who he was. But I called him, and I left a message, and I said, hey, this is Rob Skinner, and I just heard you did a great job at this, this recent conference on family. I just want to get your help. Then I called him again, and he goes, I just I don't have much time to talk. And I told him that again. I said, listen, I, I heard you did a great job. I just want to get your advice. And then he just started to talk and share. We had about a 20-minute phone call, and it was exactly what I needed at the right time to help build my marriage ministry. And so we not only had that phone call, but we built a great friendship over time, and now I consider him a really good friend. So one of the thing, habits that I'd encourage you to develop is that phone habit. Of course, texting is, is good. It's a good start. But get on the phone. You need friends. You need connections with people. Talk to people. And take the time to ask about friends and family. But make that hard call. And when you're calling people, don't just say, hey, can you call me back? I need to talk to you about something. One thing that I, I read from a book a long time ago is, listen, if you're going to leave that message, leave a long, detailed message exactly about everything that you want to talk about. And then text the person when you hang up and say, hey, I left you a voicemail message. Because for many people, they don't check their voicemail messages anymore. And so I'll text them and say, listen, please listen to my voicemail message. And then they they can listen to it. They know exactly what I want to talk to them about. And so it's easy to reach them. You know, in this age of robocalls, people are very wary of picking up their phone. But if you leave a good message, then you don't have to keep repeating it or having the, the conversation. Maybe they call you back and they don't even know what you're talking about. So leave detailed messages. What's the second habit growing church leaders are doing? The friendship habit. Strong leaders have friendship, friendships that they're building and maintaining. It's way too easy to have superficial relationships in the fellowship and then only periodic conference relationships with other leaders. You know, recently... I just realized I don't have enough friends. I just, I need more friendships. And all these things I'm talking about here, I was guilty of them. Wasn't calling people enough, was not connecting with people. I I gotta change that. I'm in my 50s now. I need to really nurture the friendships I had. Now, I had a lot of acquaintances and people that I knew, but I wasn't putting any time into them. So I made a list of 12 friends. And I thought, okay, I'm gonna really try to take care of these people. And so... To start working on building my friendship base, sending sending people birthday cards, trying to even some people gifts for their birthdays, you know, calling and just saying, hey, just thinking about you, just text, just to build the relationships. You need friendships. And even, you know, going away with people like, uh, you know, I'm spending some time with Todd Asad, Chester Sirikit this month, just spending some time relationally because why? Because I need it. I need people in my life. I need friendships. And especially with COVID, I need it all the more. Do you have the friendship habit? Who are your friends? What's the third habit growing church leaders have? The accountability habit. I I remember watching a marriage DVD a couple summers ago, and the person leading the, the marriage DVD series 
he talked about how he had two account he had accountability service where whatever he watched on the computer looked at on the computer it was emailed to other people so he had a software accountability for his online browsing and i remember just going whoa i'm convicted i don't have that you know and i always tried to you know stay pure stay righteous but man it i just i was so convicted i'm like i need that i need that accountability and so after that i i bought some accountability it's called accountability uh, accountable to you and it's great. And I just set it up and I, I talked to Bruce Williams, who disciples me, and also a guy in my church named Bob. And I said, listen, will you guys hold me accountable? I'm going to, you know, just put this on my computer, my phone. And I want to be a pure and righteous leader. And I just was convicted here. I'm watching another leader and he had already done. I'm like, why am I not doing that? I need accountability, especially because there's no one really looking out after me. And the turning point was just realizing my sinful nature was rebelling against placing any type of harness or yoke on it. You know, when I thought about, I don't want to do that. I just, I don't need to do that. I can do it. I've got willpower. And I've never thought about myself being in some sort of recovery class or purity class. Of course, I've gone to some purity classes. But when I understood that my flesh was just driving my reluctance things really started to change quickly. Because when I watched that, I got like, oh, you don't need to do that. And I go, where does, where's that voice coming from? <laughs> I thought, is that from Jesus? I don't think that voice is from Jesus. I think that's my flesh saying, you just don't want anyone to know what's going on in your private life. And so I want to ask you, what's holding you back from absolute purity? Do you have a system in place that's keeping you away from sin and holding you accountable? If you want to grow your church, you'll need to remove spiritual roadblocks that are keeping you from being the man or the woman that you want to be. Like I said, I recommend Accountable to You. I like it because it doesn't slow down my computer and it just simply basically sends a report once a week to these people and gives them a report on how I'm doing. It's, it's a very good good thing. So do you have accountability? Fourth habit. The reading and learning habit. You don't know what you don't know. When you're in a rut spiritually, one of the best things you can do is to get around a high-energy, high-faith environment. And strong leaders are constantly scouring for new ideas to improve the church and keep their spiritual mojo growing. And you can get that from conferences. That's why I was so happy when Joel Pete asked me to help organize a small church leaders conference. I thought, man, I've been so helped by conferences, but I, I really want to help small church leaders because I love mission planting. I love the small church. Now, books are super important to me. I've always been a reader. My mom was an English teacher, always had books around me. She taught me to read really early on. But when I read a good book, it, it energizes me. I can feel my heart start pumping when I get a good idea. I go, oh, that's awesome. I could do that. And so... There's, if you can read good books, you've got to become a reader. Now, some of us, we go, oh, I don't like to read. Now, I want to just talk to you right now because that cannot be an excuse, especially if you're a leader and you're trying to produce interesting material for your church week after week. I mean, imagine 
you're you're preaching every week, Paul, and then you're teaching on Wednesday. Or if you're leading a small group or campus ministry, you got to put together a lot of lessons, right? Well, you read your Bible. Well, if you're not taking in anything, but you're constantly giving, guess what? You're going to run out of gas. You're going to run out of ideas. You need to be taking in fresh ideas. And there's a lot of smart people out there. But if you don't like physically reading, I would strongly recommend audible.com. It's great. I mean, it's just, it's a powerful source of listening to books. And I think last year I read about 86 books. I think that's what I did. Um, I try to read about five books a, a month. How do I do that? Well, I read read books. I read before I go to bed. I read it every you know, break in the day. But when I'm going to the gym, I'm listening to a book. I'm, I'm listening to something. I mean, if I go to the gym for an hour, guess what? I've read a book for an hour. And it's powerful. And it, it just that's like two books a month right there. Easy. Just so easy. In the car, going for a walk. I'm listening to a book. I want to grow. What's the fifth habit? Healthy systems and routines. A growing leader has systems and routines in place that guide his or her behavior. And they lead to consistent results. He doesn't wake up just wondering, hey, I wonder what's going to happen today. They already know what's going to happen. You'll have routines that you start your day and regular activities that over time lead to good results. So are you a routine person? Do you have the same routine going on day after day? That will really make a big difference. So let's move on here. Let's talk about how to break out of a losing mindset. If, if you've been struggling and your ministry's not doing great, it's tough. You start to feel, you start to lose your confidence. You feel like, I'm just not good. I'm not cut out for this. I'm going to get out of the ministry. And ministry has such a high attrition rate. And I just, I feel for you. If, you. if you're just wrestling and you've thought, oh man, I don't know if I'm really cut out for this. Maybe I should just quit. I'll just go get a day job. Listen, everyone faces that. That is totally, so often it's just Satan trying to get you discouraged and down. You can be a, a great leader, but you got to break out of that losing mindset. So how do you do that? Number one, change your mindset from employee to self-employed. Change your mindset from employee to self-employed. When I went to Ashland, Oregon, and I've been in the full-time ministry since 1987 when I graduated from UC Berkeley, but in 2004, I resigned from my position in Boise, Idaho, and packed up, took my family to Ashland, Oregon, switched careers, started selling real estate, and I did that for eight years. So I started the church and supported it with no, no money, no, no, no backing or anything like that. But it was such an awesome feeling. That's what was so great about it. it you'd think, oh, that's really tough. It wasn't tough. It was awesome because I felt like, listen, I'm doing this because I want to. No one's making me. No one told me to move here. I want to be here and I want to preach the word. And I went there alone. I was unsupported. But I felt like, hey, I'll do what I can and I'll do my best because I want to. I was self-employed. And it's just a feeling I go back to now. I went back into the paid ministry in 2012, and I'm here in Tucson, which is great. But there are times when I feel the pressure on me, like, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. I wonder what people are thinking. I just wish it didn't go this way. And it happens to everybody. But then I go, listen, Rob, you don't have to do this. You're, you know, you, you're not doing it for the money. You could do something else if you wanted to. 
do it because you want to. Have that self-employed mindset. You're not an employee. So don't let yourself get trapped by a job or a paycheck. Keep that fire burning. God has given you meaningful work. Do it for the joy of the work. I love what George Lucas, who's the creator of the Star Wars series, said. He said, you have to find something that you love enough to be able to take risks, jump over the hurdles, and break through the brick walls that are always going to be placed in front of you. If you don't have that kind of feeling for what it is you're doing, you'll stop at the first giant hurdle. Man, he couldn't he just be talking about ministry right there? I just go, that sounds just like ministry to me. Jump over the hurdles, break through the brick walls that are always going to be placed in front of you. And if you don't have that kind of feeling for what it is you're doing, you'll stop at the first giant hurdle. Listen, we that's what we're talking about. Brick walls, plateaus, growth, growth stoppages. And if you don't love what you're doing, you'll quit. And that's where many, many ministries ministers end up, is they quit because... They hit a brick wall, their church stops growing, their ministry stops growing, or their Bible talk stops growing, and they just go, I'm a loser, I can't do it, I don't have what it takes. You do have what it takes. You just got to love it more. If you're a small ministry leader, man, it's amazing. You enjoy the control and the autonomy of leading your own ministry. Isn't that amazing? It's so awesome. But are you an entrepreneur or a mid-level manager? And this is where, why I encourage so many people to, if they're, if they're on staff in a large church, which is great, it's great training. I did that in Japan for 10 years and I, before that in San Francisco. But you need to really get out and, and try to lead a small church because that's where your entrepreneurial power really comes to bear. You, you're in charge of everything. And that pressure will bring out an amazing, amazing person in you. So are you, identify, are you a manager or are you a MacGyver? Are you a creative person? MacGyver, for those not not in the States, is a, a show from, I don't know, I think probably the 90s, maybe the 80s. And the show revolved around him always having to somehow come up with some creative solution. He would basically get, a, get an old tank running again or get an old car going. And he always found a way to get something going that was broken down. And that's the way it is in a small ministry leadership. So... We're talking about how to break out of a losing mindset. So first of all, change your mindset from employee to self-employed. Just do it because you love it, not because you're just getting a paycheck. Second thing, cross the God gap. If you've ever seen the original Matrix, Matrix number one, I just love that show. I think, I think, I know this sounds crazy, but I feel like that movie was somehow inspired by the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's just like Jesus coming back and how the whole concept of you've got John the Baptist as Morpheus and then you've got Neo who's like the reluctant Messiah. I mean, there's so many parallels. But anyway, I won't go into it. I know it's some of you, you weren't even born when that show came out in the late 90s. But anyway, when Neo at first comes into the Matrix, they've got to kind of train him and get him ramped up to see the extent of his powers. And he's up on a roof and they take him up on a training session. And Morpheus says, listen, you've got to free your mind, free your mind. And then Morpheus jumps across from one roof over a huge gap onto another roof. And he says, Neo, free your mind. And Neo goes, okay, kind of tries to pump himself up and he jumps and then he falls and lands on the pavement, you know, about 30 floors down. 
But I think that's that's where many of us are facing. Like, we want our church to grow, and we're like, how's it going to happen with COVID? I don't know. But that's where you got to experiment and get creative. And what we're going to see with COVID is we're going to start seeing some ministries really find solutions to start growing their church. And we're going to be excited because all of a sudden we're going to see some things happen that we never anticipated. But it happens when people free their mind and get creative about how to be fruitful in this current situation. Small church leadership is all about problem solving because you're never going to have enough money. You never have enough talent. You never have enough resources. You know, it's, it's frustrating as a small ministry leader because you look at some of the larger churches like Denver or maybe Boston. You go, oh, my gosh. That worship service is awesome. The music is amazing. They've got all these multiple split, split screens. But here I am working a small job. We've got, you know, 37 people in our church, and we can't really do that. Listen, that gap between where you're at and where you want to go is never going to go away. So you got to get used to it. If you want security, if you want safety and management, you may want to look at a larger church. But God is going to call you to jump over the gap. And that's where you got to get faith and you've got to get creative. I remember there was a one time in the church in Tucson, and we were, I was sitting in the back row with a visitor that I had brought. And all of our original song leaders had moved on. They'd been hired away or, or gone to different churches. And so there was just one song leader left. We didn't have any musicians and it gotten so bad. He was just singing a song to like a backing track, like a Muzak track. And it was just so bad. I mean, I bless his heart. He was doing his absolute best, but there was no support for him. And I was in the back row, just totally cringing, just feeling so embarrassed. And I remember just thinking to myself, as I looked at my guest, Oh, he, he's never coming back again. Oh my gosh. Thank, I'm thankful that he came this first time, but he will never reappear. Lord, just take me away. I'm just so embarrassed. And right after that, I, I just thought, I got to solve this problem. We've got a huge gap. And there was another person in the church that I knew had a great voice. The only problem was he didn't come to church regularly. And so I sat down with him one day, and I said, I'll just call him Bob, or maybe I'll call him Bill. I said, Bill, listen, and, and what I knew about this person is he was a major Star Wars fan. He's, you know, he was the type of person that would dress up like Chewbacca and go to a comic convention. And this person's like almost 60, amazing voice, been around the kingdom a long time, just was kind of spotty in his attendance. And so I said, listen, Bill, do you remember, remember that scene in episode four of Star Wars where Princess Leia shows that hologram to... Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Do you remember what she said to him? He goes, oh, of course. He, I mean, he just perked up. He's like, absolutely. Do you remember what he said? Can you tell me what he said? And he goes, yes. Help us, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're our only hope. And I said, Bill, help us. You are our only hope. And he said, okay. And so I said, listen, I need you to song lead. I need you to help out. You've got the talent. You've got the skill. You've got the training. And he said, oh, I want to, but I'm just not that disciplined to get to church. And I said, okay, I'm going to arrange for another brother, an older brother. He's going to give you a taxi service, and he's going to come pick you up on Sunday mornings and bring you to church. And, and Bill said, that'd be awesome. And that's what we did. And he started coming to church. It helped him out spiritually, and it helped our church. 
experiment, get creative, and cross the God gap. What else can you do to break out of a losing mindset? Mentally accept getting fired. Everyone feels like quitting at times. When, when things get tough in your ministry, there's times you feel like, I just don't want to do this anymore. I just can't stand it. Maybe your wife's talking to you like, oh, let's move somewhere else. Small church leadership is really the toughest job there is. It's the greatest, but it's also the toughest. Now, the skill is to know when to quit and when not to quit. Here's when not to quit. Okay, when you have setbacks, when you have a lack of growth, when there's negative growth. Don't blame those things. Don't explain. Don't give yourself a pass. No one's really thinking about you. Trust that God is going to work on your behalf and let God do his work on you. Don't ring the bell. I I read a book by David Goggins. It's called Can't Hurt Me, and it's a great book. And and one of the things he talks about there is he he one time ran a 100-mile race on a broken foot. And he told the person who was there with him, because the person was so amazed, like, how do you keep running when your foot is broken? And this guy was like a former Navy SEAL. And he said, listen, have you heard of the 40% rule? And he said, no, what's that? He said, when you feel like you can't go any farther, you're actually only about 40% done. You still have 60%. But your body will tell you you're done at about 40%. And I found that to be true. There's times when you want to quit and you go, but there's still more left in you. So don't quit. I loved it. Chesty Puller is a famous American general from the, the Korean War era. And in the Battle of Chosin, there's a reservoir in northern, northern Korea, present-day North Korea, that the Americans had gone up to. And they were getting chased back by the Chinese. And he was fighting a, a, a rearward action, basically fighting backwards. They were getting overrun by the Chinese, pouring over the mountains. And they said, you know, Chesty, you're, you're retreating. And he said, retreat? Hell, we're just attacking in a different direction. And I love that attitude. He just said, listen, we're not retreating. We're just fighting going backwards. And you've got to have that mental toughness that says, hey, it's okay to feel challenged. If It's okay to feel like you're going through a tough time. Now, when is it a time to consider quitting or moving on? When, when should you be open to that idea? Well, one, when you've lost control of the church, when you feel like no one is listening to me, when you know that you can't change the culture and you cannot, you cannot alter the culture, when you've been discredited, or moved aside. Maybe there's been some major sin that's come out and, and you've just been discredited. Um, when you and your wife are at odds about the work you're doing, if you and your wife are not working together, if you're not yoked equally and you both are excited about what you're doing, it might be a time to think about doing something different. When you aren't in a position, whether physically or, or mentally, to overcome the challenge and before relationships have been destroyed. There's times when you've got to take a look at it and go, you know what, I, before I really dig in here and start slinging some mud here, maybe it'd be better for me to simply preserve the relationship and move on to a different situation. Another time you may want to consider changing is, is team leadership situations. Now, I believe working, I've got a core group that I, I work with, and I think that's super important, and I, and I vet ideas with them. I, I bring ideas to them. 
However, one person's got to lead the church. Absolutely. I, I'm just a strong believer that you've got to have one person who's the idea person, the one who's driving it. And if you've got like multiple leaders who, and you don't know who's really leading it, to me, that does not work. Now, you, I know some people may feel differently, but for me, that I just know that would not work and I would not be happy in that situation. If you've got like a strong former church leader in your church and he feels like he's the leader and you're the leader, that's going to cause problems. So take a look at it. Today we've talked about winning the mental battle. I just want to I just want to say to you right now, hang in there. Okay, you can do this. You can grow your church even in the midst of COVID. Guess what? That's going to cause you to be even stronger in your relationship with God. You're going to learn the skills. That's one of the reasons why I want to start this podcast is to learn from other people and share ideas so that we can all grow and we can advance the kingdom of God. If you're enjoying this podcast, let me ask you a favor. Let your friends know about it and how to find it. Tell your church friends and spread the word. My goal is, my goal is to inspire you to make this life count, live a no regrets life, and to multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day and make this life count.